Uh, we're going to start off by asking the question why I even have this little item up here. But I'm going to ask you a question. Why do angels carry these? You ever wonder about that? You know, if people ask me why I carry a gun, I think, I think angels would carry guns if they had them. But why do they carry them? Because they need it. Did you ever think about that? It's not symbolic. It's not some religious symbolism. Angels actually use these things. There's a warfare in the spirit realm. There's an enemy. And angels carry them on purpose. My next question is, why did God in the book of Ephesians tell you to carry one? Because you have an enemy. And if you do not understand that, if you do not understand your enemy, then he will defeat you. And there's a lot of Christians who are defeated, yet good people, because they're ignorant. I didn't say stupid, I said ignorant. I'm going to tell you a story. Years ago, I love watching videos of people who die and go to heaven and come back. Don't ask me why. I think because one day I'm going to go, I want to get ready. Y'all are so exciting. You just added 30 minutes to your sermon. I'm watching this video, and I'm going to tell you what denomination it was. It was a Baptist pastor who had a heart attack and died in the hospital and went to heaven. And when he got there, and this is a true story. That's not one of Josh Brown's jokes. When he gets to heaven, he's standing outside the gates, and God wouldn't let him in. And when he got there, being a good Baptist, he said, God, why didn't you heal me? And he didn't know why God didn't heal him. And God hollered at him and said, you are one of the most selfish people on the earth. You are absolutely selfish. You've been selfish all year. And he just chews this Baptist pastor out. Now, the reason I know this, he came back and told the story. An angel grabbed that Baptist pastor and brought him back down in the atmosphere of the earth and showed him all of the demons in the world. You know they're everywhere. Let me tell you something right now. If you're lukewarm, you know one. And you're yielding to it. Maybe ignorantly, but you are. You and I deal with the spirit realm a lot more than we've ever thought about. This Baptist pastor, the angel showed him all the demons and all the devils. And up until that time, I don't think that Baptist pastor even knew there was a devil. You see, there's a denominational teaching that goes out that you come to Jesus and you go to heaven and pretty much it's John 3, 16, Romans 10, 9, 10. That's pretty much all the Bible to some people. And there's a lot more in there. And this guy, this pastor was just as ignorant as they could be. He, now, he's ignorant because he wanted to be because there's a lot of Bible he didn't read. And, you know, you can go to Bible school and never read the Bible at all. Most seminaries, they never open a Bible in four years. Did you know that? I hope I make you mad. Now, you know why if you go to some churches, they're just dumber than rocks. And the people teaching are the ones, the pastors, who didn't make it in the ministry, so they made teachers out of them. That's why God started Ramah. He said, well, I will just bypass all that. I'll start my own school. 
So this Baptist pastor, that God shows him all the demons, all the principalities, all the powers, all the rulers of the darkness, and he gave him an education on why the church is in the mess that it's in. And then he stuck him back in his body. And now he's in the hospital laying there, and he still has tubes in him. Well, the Baptist pastor had enough insight to holler at God. And he said, well, what did you send me back here, and now I'm still, I have a heart attack. You could have at least healed me. And he died again. <laughs> this is a true story. Went right back up to heaven, and he stood outside the gate, and he goes, okay, I know I'm selfish, and I know I've been selfish, but if you want me to go preach the gospel, you're going to have to heal my body. So God healed him and stuck him back into his body. Now he's on YouTube preaching like a fireball. He's on fire for God. But what happened to him? He found out something about ministry. And I want you to learn this. We're going to learn about dominion today. We're going to get in the Word of God, and I'm going to teach you something about a spirit called the spirit of dominion. Open your Bibles to Genesis. If you're new here, Fasten your seatbelt. This ain't normal church. This is church like God likes church. Genesis 1:26, and God said, Let us make man in our image. You did not come from a monkey, you are not an animal, and you are not a plant. Mankind was made in the image of God. What does that mean? That means that when God made Adam, he made all the animals, he made the birds, the turkeys, the chickens, and he made everything else. But when he made man, he stood him up and he breathed himself into that man. And that man became a man of God, a man full of God. Now, Satan, Satan hates that. That's why all your life you were taught the monkey see, monkey do. That's why people abort babies because they're just, a, they're just a blob. That's a human being made in the image of God. That's called murder. Amen. But you're a whole lot more than the world ever told you you are. He said, let us make man in our image. And then let's read the rest of it. Let's make man in our image according to our likeness and let him have what? Say dominion. God gave man dominion. That means that man was to rule the world. He made an under ruler. That's still so today. You're not a monkey. Let's give them dominion over the fish. And if you don't know this, it will help you with your fishing. Because I always come home with fish. I tell them to hit the hook. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you ought to go fishing with me one day. You won't have an empty boat when you come back. And the fish go, uh-oh, there's a man of God coming. We might as well go ahead and get in the boat. I've actually prayed and had them jump out of the river into the boat. Never mind. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. That's those, That's ducks. And over the cattle and also deer. 
and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps, over the gold, over the silver, over the money, over the weather, and over every devil in hell. Now, one thing he did not give you dominion over was people. Anytime you are around anyone that's controlling people. Now, I'm referring to Ukraine, Russia, and Washington, D.C. You're in the presence of a demon. Only demons try to control people. You are not to be controlled. You are, God gave you free will. You can make a choice. A while ago, I was talking, and I was talking about people. There's a couple people here today not born again, and I'm just telling you, come to Jesus. Okay. Now, think about this for a minute. God gave man dominion in his likeness, and Adam walked with God. How do you think he crossed rivers? How do you think he crossed lakes? The same way Jesus did. There's more to this than we've ever known. Okay. Psalm 8. Go to Psalm 8. Having a mindset that I rule and reign, not over God, not over people. Psalm 8, verse 3. I consider the work of, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you ordained, what is a man that you're mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? You made him, man, a little lower than angels. The, the Hebrew word is Elohim. Elohim is the word God. We just got through reading the book of Genesis. God made you and I a little lower than God and breathed himself into you. There's more to you than you've ever thought. Why do you think God paid such a high price for you? You have more value than the world ever told you. Yeah. You made him a little lower than God. You have crowned him with glory and honor. Say, that's me. And made him to have dominion over the works of your hands and put all things under his feet. How much? All of it. If, if the devil is ruling, it's because you and I are allowing it. Maybe through ignorance, but we're still allowing it. All right, the reason you have one of these is you are in a fight whether you like it or not. I don't walk out of my house without a handgun on me. Because I'm aware that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and not everybody out there is saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and loves Jesus. Thank you. And that's the reason Jesus told his disciples to get swords. Well, the Lord wouldn't need to tell you to get a sword. Well, he would have told them to get a Glock if they'd had one. That's why the Israelis carry Glocks today instead of swords, but they're still in the will of God. And how many of you have watched the news long enough to realize they need it? Okay, physically you need it and spiritually you need it. You and I are living in a threat environment. We live in it. That doesn't mean that your life should be subject to it. Are you out there? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Okay. Go to now, go to now, Matthew 4. Sorry, we take the station identification because I got to find it. 
Verse 23, Jesus went around all of Galilee teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of what? The kingdom. What's a kingdom? It is the domain of a king. Now, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, isn't it? Okay. You're in the kingdom. The kingdom soon will be what we call the millennial reign. It will cover the earth. Right now, it's only in the people. But, but Jesus walked in dominion. He was the first man since Adam because Satan gave dominion. No, Adam gave dominion to the devil. Jesus came, and he was the only man walking the earth at the time that wasn't underneath or subject to the devil Amen. at that time. Now, I want to show you what he did. And Jesus went around to Galilee teaching synagogues, preaching the gospel of the, the, the dominion of the king. He's a king. And healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among people. Why? It's all satanic. Now, I'm not here to put you in condemnation. If you're sick, you're under an influence of a demon. You drive it off. We're going to do this at the end of the service. Now, Jesus never prayed for anybody. I know that may blow your mind. He exercised dominion. When he got around devils, he went, get. And they got. And people said, how do you do this? You know, it was like to them, it was like, you must be full of the devil. He goes, the devil, don't cast out devils. But now think about this. The Bible says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed by God who's using it to teach you something. That's a lie. Who started that lie? The devil. Because he's in some churches. He runs some churches. It's a lie. He's the father of a lie. But Jesus, Jesus never left anybody sick. He never said, yeah, you know. And the Jesus movie they got going out now, Jesus told one of the disciples that God, and that's just a bunch of crap. I turned it off, and I'm never going to turn it back on again. And they're just dumber than a rock. You know, they make a movie about Jesus, and he told someone they had to be sick because God's teachers said, just slap that idiot upside the head and turn it off. Why in the world are you going to play Jesus and be a liar? And you say, well, it's just one. And that's the problem with you. You know, if I give you a T-bone steak and say, there's only a little bit of arsenic in it. Well, honey, it don't take a lot of arsenic to kill you. The steak's not, you're not that hungry. I'm going to turn the crap off of, excuse me, stuff off a of TV that's got arsenic in it. And the reason why you're half dead. You've got a little bit of devils. Let me help you with this. If you have a wild pig come to your house, don't look at him and tell him he's staying in the kitchen. He won't stay in the kitchen. He'll tear your house up. You know what to do with the devil? Run him out completely. Amen. Don't allow any devil in your house. Don't let him in. No devil. No devil gives him. You, Satan, go in Jesus' name. You don't get in my head. You don't get in my mind. You don't get in my body. You go in Jesus' name. I don't put up with you. Go. I bind you. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, you start talking like that, every devil in hell will go, oh, there's another one. Looks and walks and talks just like Jesus. Well, see, he didn't put up with no junk. And then they came along and said, 
who gave you the authority to do this? I thought, what a dumb question. If you can't figure out God gave him the authority, you just don't have too much sense. And even blind people said, well, we know who gave it to him. You Pharisees don't know, but we know where he got it. Centurion said, I know God's got to be with you with that authority you're walking around with. It's a subject the church doesn't know a lot about. Do you know why? Because the church today has been taught to submit to God, and they've been taught that everything that happens to you is God. They don't have a devil problem. Every, God, oh, God, you know, if you want to kill my kids, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, thank you for the cancer. I'm learning something. Why do all the people in the hospitals still dumb? Because God is so dumb he can't train you right. What a lie from hell. The Bible says Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I came that you'd have life and life more abundantly. God doesn't want the devil ruling over you. He don't want sickness. Your body is the temple of God, the Holy Ghost. He don't want devils in your body. Okay, I'm doing pretty good. Now, see, if, some, if this is bothering you, you need to resist the devil. And go, devil, you're not going to keep me blind anymore. You're not going to lie to me anymore. My days of being lied to are over. You want to get free? Listen to me. They're going to teach you something. Let's go to another scripture. Matthew 13, 33. I'm going to pop it on the screen. I'll show you this. Another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom, the domain of the king of heaven is like. He's fixing to give you a parable to explain to you what the kingdom is like on the earth. Which a woman took and hid in a measure of meal until it was leavened. What is the kingdom supposed to be doing? What are you and I supposed to be doing? You and I are in the kingdom. If you're a school teacher, you're supposed to be taking the kingdom of God to school. You're supposed to be training children in kingdom principles. What did the king say? If you're a principal, you're supposed to be ruling it. If you're the mayor of the city, you should be sitting in a church listening to the word of God so you can rule and reign in the city as the mayor and bring the kingdom to the city. You and I are sent out to affect everything around us. That is what made America great. Our forefathers brought the kingdom to this nation and established it and made America great. And it's not perfect, but it's greater than any other. And listen, you don't want to be China, and you don't want to be like Russia, and you don't want communism, and you don't want socialism. And if you do, you're a fruity, fruity, fruity person. Because it's never worked anywhere. Why do you think it's going to start working today? Our forefathers found out how to run government in the earth by the Bible, the book of Deuteronomy. And they set it up. Now, the people in Washington, we get, you need to run them out. You need to pray them out. Okay. And we're going to. Now, God's firing his church up. But look at this. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. You put leaven in, in the bread, it'll leaven the whole loaf. He wants you, when you go to work, and all of the heathen are there, he wants you to leaven them. When you leave, they all need to be saved. 
I've never worked a job in my life. See, I didn't, I, it, it, you don't start preaching when you get a pulpit. You start preaching when you get saved. If you're saved, you're a minister. I didn't say you were a pastor. I said you're a minister. And you are to take light and the kingdom. You are, you are to go in knowing that you are there on assignment from the king to bring the kingdom here. In your house. Over your kids. That's the assignment of the church. I'll build my church. Not I build government. I build my church. The most powerful institute in any city is church. And if the people get in it, they'll turn a city back to God. But if they ignore it, it'll come back into darkness. You cannot walk in darkness and have a good life. You can't do it. You can't whoop the devil by yourself. All right. How am I doing? Go to 1 John 3, 8. Yay, Jesus. He who sins, now we're talking about sinners, is of the devil. The devil has sinned from the beginning. And for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, that wasn't just for three years. When he, when he died on the cross and rose from the dead, and then he said, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Now you go, therefore, and cast out devils. And he turned his authority over to the body of Christ so that when you and I, we're not talking about walking up to people, laying hands on them, foaming at the mouth, and, you know, spitting demons out of them at work. Now, that has happened a few times. But most of the time, what that's talking about, when you walk into a situation and it's not God, you just stop right there and go, in the name of Jesus, I speak life over this business, and I cast out devils. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There was a time in this church that I used to come in and try to preach with your devils in the room. I did. I, I didn't know any better. I was, I, was so, I was so dumb. And then while I'm preaching, your devils would talk to me. That's not true. And it made me mad because I could hear it. And I'd go, yes, it is. And people would blame, why is he so angry all the time? And I went to God and I said, why am I so angry? He said, why don't you do something about the devils? So I want you to know that before you came in, I cast them all out. Your devils are waiting for you in the parking lot. No, 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 no don't, don't go nuts on me. I'm going to tell you something. It's up to you what you do with them when you leave. I'm just telling you they're not in here. When you go out to your car, go, you're not here either. <laughs> we used to have some smoke doping devils come in every once in a while. You think that's funny, don't you? you think that's funny. It didn't last very long. Leave your devils outside. And to go outside and get your marijuana because the devils are in your car. <laughs> Let's look at another one for real quick. 
Romans 5, 17. Say, I rule. Not over people and not over God. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign. Say me. Say, I reign. You were put on the earth to reign. Not over people, but to reign over what? All of the work of the enemy. A lot of people are putting up with too much. And I say that with grace. Even I have had times in my life where I went to God and went, what's going on? He's going, why do you allow that? And I'm going, God, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And he's going, why are you allowing it? I'm going to tell you a story. Norval Hayes, who had a daughter named Zona, had warts all over her hands. And, you know, to a girl with warts, that's not cool. And so Norval prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. And what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. Now, a lot of times people go, well, you never know what God will do. Sometimes he says yes, and sometimes he says no. You just don't know what God will do. Well, that's not true. I'll show you this in a minute. So the Lord one day said, Norval, how long are you going to put up with the warts on your daughter's body? And he said, God, that's what I'm talking to you about. I've been talking to you about that, and I've been asking you to heal my daughter. He said, well, I'm not going to. Norval, do something about it yourself. Now, buddy, listen to me. That's what separates the true Christianity from that stuff that people call Christianity. And what I'm talking about is out of this book, because I just read it to you. I'm going to give you another scripture in just a minute. Are you ready? I'm going to show it to you so you can look at it and go, OMG, that's there. That would be, oh, my God, for all you people over 60. <laughs> you know, when people, kids text me, they give me these, these, these letters, and I go, I am, t what did you just say? One day, one day I picked up one of the boys' phones. Who was it? And there was a girl texting one of the boys. And I answered like I was that him. But I typed out all the words. And the person on the other end went, who is this? And I'm thinking, how did they know? Because it wasn't a bunch of O-M-G-A-Y-C-D, you know. <laughs> Only old people to spell all the words out. You want to mess up a kid, give them directions in cursive. Tell them it's a mystery. <laughs> give them an old phone and ask them to make a phone call. This don't work. Phone, call mom. Matthew 16, go over there. I 
I still lie the old way. And that's why I'm old. Someone told me one time, says, Pastor, you need to get with the bead baggie and win your generation. I said, no, Justin, win his generation. I'll win mine. I still use a real Bible. And I still take notes on paper. And I still add and subtract on a piece of paper with a pencil. And when Lisa texts me, I go, OMG. Talk to me when you get home. <laughs> the only time I want my wife texting me is when I'm at a deer stand. Do not talk to me right now. Deer standing there. Also, my phone goes beep, and I go shoot. Why was your phone off? I'm in a stand. Let's look at Matthew 16. Let's look at what Jesus said. And also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, the rock of revelation of who Jesus is, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to send that scripture to Washington, D.C. And tell them we rule. With you or without you, we rule. We decide how things go. I don't have some demon in my house telling my little boys that they are girls. If you have demons in your house, run them off. And I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. The keys to the domain of the king. He said, when I walked this earth, I used keys that's how I did what I did with my keys. See, listen to me. If I, if I say, take my truck to the store, don't push it. Come get the keys. It's an enjoyable if you have the keys. There's radio in it. There's, there's, there's music in it. There's air conditioning in it. And if you come back sweating, I know that you were pushing it. If life is hard, it's because you're living it without the keys. Jesus didn't sweat. He ruled. Kings rule. He's the king of kings. What is the king? He is the king of. Say me. Tell the devil right now, I'm the king. I rule. Now let's look at the keys. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, not what God binds, not what God binds, God I'm going to allow that to happen to me. I don't understand why you let that. Why, God, why I don't understand what's going on. I'm going to tell you what's going on. You ain't reading your Bible. Are y'all listening to me? Whatever you declare to be improper, who? Who? Say me. Say, I don't allow that. Say, I don't allow that. We're not talking about bossing God around. Satan's not God. I like what Mark Hagen said about the mountain. If, if, if God wanted it there, he wouldn't have told you to move it. See, 
this dominion thing is the reason the body of Christ don't like you. Because they have no idea in the world they have dominion. Those people, those name it, claim it, they're just running around. They say it with their mouth, they, and they say that, and then they got out believing God for money. Are you serious? Well, the silver and the gold are mine. Who did he put it here? Well, he didn't put it here for Lucifer. He didn't put it in here for the Democrats and the Republicans. He put it in here for you. He didn't put it here for China. He put it in here for you. The gold is yours. You can give it away if you want to or you can give if you want to. That's up to you. Whatever you allow. What do you allow? You want to be broke? Be broke. You want money? You can have all the money you want. You want your business to grow? Tell your business to grow. You can have a business that grows. You want to be sick? Stay sick. If you don't want to be sick anymore, tell the devil, get off of my body. Get off of my body. Get off of my body. Now, see, this kind of preaching, you know, I mean, it just don't sit well in church. But Jesus didn't do a lot of preaching in churches because they ran him off. If I preach this in most churches, I get run off. Are y'all out there? Well, I mean, do y'all want the keys or not? Do you want the keys? That thing has a, you know, that thing has almost 400 horses. You want the keys. Okay. Whatever you declare to be improper and unlawful on earth was, but must already have been bound in heaven. Let me ask you a question. How many sick people in heaven? How many hospitals are up there? How many banks are up there? How many food lines are up there? Why in the world do you have all that down here? Jesus didn't have it. He didn't run around going, we're not going to have a crusade today, boy, I'm coming down with something. And you just tell Peter to go, and I'll just tell him I'll be back tomorrow. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down with something, but I'm believing God. You can't even imagine Jesus talking like that. You go, well, why do you? You start acting like you own the joint, you'll own the joint. My boss one time, every time they would come to the construction site, they would all bring the paperwork to me. And I'm a worker. But I know who I am, and I look like I'm in authority even though I'm a worker. I look like the boss when I'm not the boss. I went into Walmart down here one night, and I'm standing in a line with eight people. And the manager is talking to the guy at the cash register. And you know, after church, when you're dressed up in a suit and tie, you look like you're important. And I walked up and I said, open the other register. And the man went, okay. And he's going, he might be an owner, and I don't know it. Because most people don't run around telling the manager of a store what to do. I said, you have eight people in this line, and you open that register. Thank you. And he's looking at me going, okay. I'm just a preacher, but I ain't standing in your eight-person line while you're talking to the guy that's trying to work. And I scared him pretty bad, but... You say, how often do you, do you do that? All the time. I do it at home sometimes. Hey, honey, she goes, not here. <laughs> you go sit down and shut up over there. I got to do it. <laughs> honey, I was just practicing my sermon. 
and go practice it somewhere else. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> I don't have no chicken jokes. I got to come up with now, 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 look at this scripture and take it to heart. I'm being serious. Take that scripture right there because Jesus was not joking. I gave you the keys. I gave you the keys. You have the keys. Now, there's a lot of Pentecostals who walk. They get in their car that God gave them on Sunday morning, and they say, all right, crank it. And they put the key in. They turn the keys off, put it in the pocket, and walk home. And you think, they got all that power, and the only time you ever do that Sunday morning for two hours? At least the denominational people, they, don't crank it, God, those that went out with the apostles. <laughs> now me, I get in it and drive it around all week. Yeah. I ain't walking no more. I got keys to the kingdom. <laughs> Who told you you could drive God's car? He did. <laughs> Wait till he gives you an airplane. He, you know, oh, never mind. Are y'all ready? Say today changes everything. On earth, what is already bound in heaven, and whatever you declare loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. Whatever's going on there, you have the right to bring it here. We're not in the millennial reign yet, but you can be. So a lot of stuff is going on because the average church member has never figured out what this is for. He didn't give you this for a toy. He gave this because you've got an enemy. And he said, he said, I've given you the sword of the Spirit. You're okay. I... I'm glad y'all think this is funny. Ephesians 6. Yeah, good word. Now listen to what I'm about to say right now. I'm not here. Um, do you know the difference between conviction and condemnation? Conviction is when God shows you something and you go, Okay. I'm going to make an adjustment. Condemnation comes from the devil. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? You need it. You, we're living in a world. There, if, if you're having a hard time praying, you have a devil problem. If you're having a hard time getting in church, you have a devil problem. If you have rebellious teenagers, you've got a devil problem. If you're having temptations that you're just laying in bed, listen, bind the devil. Don't lay there and go, I'm going to go. Don't try to faith physical. Use your mouth. Use the blood. Tell Satan, go. Get off of me. Get off of me. I'm not a sinner. I loose you from your assignment against me. You don't rule me. If you're having financial problems, you have a devil problem. 
It's not, don't. So I was preaching one day and a lady said, we're thinking. You can't think him away. So I'm going to tell a story. I got all kinds of stories. Because Justin, Justin sometimes will come to me and say, I have all these dreams. And in his dreams that he's having, he often sees the demon that the person he's talking to is dealing with. And they almost all have demons in them because he's going in the spirit and watching what it is that's hindering the person that he's praying for. And almost always there's a demon presence. Am I right, Justin? Yeah. They're, more, they're, they're out there more than you think they are. And you are not bad but you are allowing. I was at Briarwood. I, 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 uh, I was a maintenance man in Tulsa, and I had an apartment complex called Briarwood. It used to be like a holiday inn, and the, all the front doors were uh, glass. And um, now I like to sing. And, um, I, and uh, if you really want to sing me good, you have to just get in the shower with me, but I don't want you to. So we're not, you're not going to ever hear me sing in the shower. But I sound good in the shower, you know. I, I, hallelujah. <laughs> there's one more place I like to sing. When we went to Jerusalem, there's a church there that whatever they did with the aesthetics, when you open your voice, oh, my God, is it absolutely beautiful. And you can go online and hear people walking in there and starting to sing, and their voice echoes, and, they, and it's perfect with the sound. I mean, it sounds like a thousand person choir when one person sings. How many of us sat there and sang? About 30 of us, we began to sing in this church, and it was just absolutely beautiful, the sound. Well, anyway, this apartment complex, all the front doors are glass, and it's in a circle like a horseshoe. And I always walk around singing. Well, people would open their doors and go, are you crazy? <laughs> and everybody at the apartment complex knew I'm a born-again Christian. I'm a maintenance man. That's why you're like, a hundred, you know, rooms. There's two buildings, and that's not a big. But you know, when you're when you're only work four hours a day, and you're the maintenance, they give you the little complexes, and they give you the the junky ones. You don't get no nice one to you. So one day, a man comes running out of his door, screaming, "I'm born again! I'm born again! I'm born again!" And it just angered me. I said, "Oh, shut up!" I mean, I think he's making fun of me. And he looks at me and goes, no, no, I am born again. I am. And he starts dancing around me. He starts hugging me. And I'm like, okay. And so I stopped him and I said, okay, 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 buddy. What, it, what happened to you? Because I really realized that he's not mocking me. He said, you are not going to believe what just happened to me in my apartment. He said, I'm a pimp. And my wife is a Pentecostal. He said, they've been praying for me. He said, last night, I woke up and there's a snake in my bed. 
And I mean, he said it was like 20 or 30 feet long, had a head that big, red eyes, and it reared back and it started trying to bite me. And he said, and I grabbed that snake's head and I started wrestling with it. He said, we tore the bedroom up. We tore the sheets up. We tore the bed up. We tore the furniture up. He said, I fought that thing and I fought that thing. And he said, all of a sudden, from somewhere, something, somebody said to me, and this thing is trying to wrap itself around my body and kill me. He said, I said, Jesus. And he said, I saw fear in its eyes. And it reared back and looked at him, and he went, oh, that worked. Oh, that worked. And so he goes, Jesus. And that thing looks at him real mean. He goes, in the name of Jesus. And they said that thing struck it. He said, in the name of Jesus, I bind you in Jesus' name. He said that snake backed off and uncoiled from around his body. He said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. He said, and that thing slithered back in the room and turned around and went out of the door. He said, and then I woke up sitting on my bed going, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. He said, I just got born again. I just got born again. I just got born again. He said, I'm a brand new creation. I'm washed in the blood. And they, <laughs> he's happy. He said, I just ran out and saw you. He said, I just, that snake just left. Thank God for Pentecostal wives. Prayer meetings. I bind you off my husband, you foul devil. I bind you off my husband. You get off my husband. Come on, ladies. Get off my husband. In Jesus' name. Get off my wife. Get off my kids. Come on, I'm trying to help you right now. I said in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You ain't wrecking my home. You don't wreck my marriage. You don't wreck my life. You don't wreck my family. I bind you. You get off of me. You get out of my life. You get out of my home. You get off my family. I said you get off of them right now. I got another story. Sit down. I got another story. I told you this story before, but you got to hear the story. Back, back when Che was a little girl and we lived in Athens, Georgia, she got poison ivy all over. Y'all heard the story. I'm going to tell it to you again because you, you, just have, you just have a bad memory. <laughs> and now I've learned about healing, and I'm ready. I'm going to pray. God. So Che comes in. I said, God is going to heal you, Che. She goes, good, Dad. I got my Bible out, and I sat down. Heavenly Father, I've come to you and asking you to heal my daughter of poison ivy. I prayed off and on all day. You know what happened? Nothing. I went, well, maybe I need to pray longer and harder. I'll stay at it. I prayed until 2 in the morning. 2 in the morning. At 2 in the morning, I'm not praying nice. And I am mad at God. And I gave him my thoughts. 
and he ignored me because he's not responding to chewings. He thinks he's God. Okay. And so finally I repented. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. I said, God, okay, I'm sorry for my attitude. And I don't understand why you haven't healed my daughter. And he spoke to me and said, I'm not going to. I never promised you I'd heal your daughter. I said, yes, you did. I read in the Bible with Jesus went around healing people. And I know Kenneth Hagin got healed. And I know you pray for people. And I said, I read the book, you heal people. I know, good, I know you do. I know you're going to heal people. He said, no, I never promised I'd heal your daughter. He says, as a matter of fact, I finished all of my work. And I sat down. And I'll never do anything about it again. And I went, what? You're not going to do it? He goes, nope. I said, well, what am I going to do? He said, you want something done? You do it yourself. And I'm going, me? I can't help nobody. He said, I gave you my name. All of a sudden, it dawned on me. He said, I never prayed for anybody. Why do we? He said, I gave you my name. I gave you my anointing. If you want something done, do it yourself. Now, you might think that I'm nuts. And I thought I was nuts. But I went up and decided to do it. Two o'clock in the morning. I opened Che's door. I said, Poison Ivy, I curse you. Sound like a tree or a mountain, doesn't it? In Jesus' name, I command you to die. Close the door. Next morning, Che wakes up screaming. Ah! I thought someone was killing her in the bathroom. I ran in there. What's wrong? What's wrong? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Her whole body was clean. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you think theog theologically you're going to take that from me and tell me I'm wrong? You're not. I don't care what you believe. I, it worked. Now, after that, I had it work some, but most of the time it wouldn't. And I went to God and I went, why did that work once? He said, you were operating on a rhema word. He said, now I want you to get a spirit of dominion. He said, I want you to open your Bible and I want you to get rooted in who you are. Not because I said so, but because you found out from the Word who you are. And I picked up my Bible and I started learning. That is the spirit that caused me to go all over the earth. I've raised people from the dead. Or I've seen it. But God didn't do it until I got there. I'm not saying I did it. The name did it. The anointing did it, but God does not operate apart from you. Now listen to what I'm going to say. Whatever you allow. What a powerful thing. The church is allowing, we're allowing what's going on in America. We're allowing it. Raise your voice and go, 
you will know, know in Jesus' name. Now you get out of that president's seat now. In the name of Jesus, you get out of that seat. And we're not having a woke mess in our city. You take your woke devils and you get out of the city. Every devil in hell knows who you are. Now, I'm going to tell you something to you. Don't get, don't, don't get scared. If you believe what I just said, you're going to need this. Because he don't like you knowing what I just said. You'll get the opportunity to use it. The Bible says God hadn't given you a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. But power, love, and sound mind. So here, let's just listen to me. Stop letting the devil in your head. I'm just confused. I'm just having a confusion. I just have this confusion. I just don't know what. I'm just, you know, I'm just having a bad day. I'm having confusion. I bind you. Get out of my head. You get off me. And I I command you, go in Jesus' name. That's not coming out of me. It's not coming out of me. I'm not confused. I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I plead the blood. Now, you start, when, when you get around your relatives, don't walk in the house doing this. They'll run you out. Do it as you're entering. Walk up to the door to your family and go, I bind you off this house before I walk in it in Jesus' name. Hey, guys, how's everybody doing? I claim every soul in here for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Salvation's people filled with and healed by the power of God. While I'm here, our conversation will be good, and there will be no strife. There will be no division. When I walk in this room, there will not be any division in this house. And then you walk in and go, hi, everybody. And every devil in hell knows who you are. And they'll accuse you. Of being arrogant. But you're not arrogant. You're, you're just walking in dominion. Now, you don't have authority over people. Now, this doesn't, it doesn't mean you can go home and make your husband mine. Even though you think he is the devil. I know that. <laughs> okay, never mind. I think I'm about done. Isn't God good? I want you to do something. I don't want you to listen to this sermon and walk out and go, wasn't that good? I want you to take to heart. If you don't, if you don't understand what I preached, I just preached Kenneth Hagin's book, The Authority of the Believer. Get it. Mary Franz, Mary Francis Ferrado said, I carried that book with me for a year. What was the book? Triumphant. The Triumphant Church. When John G. Lake, John G. Lake is someone I've been reading after. Just, just listen to me and bear with me a minute here. All, eight of his brothers and sisters died in his home while he was growing up. Eight. Then when he got married... His wife got sick, his sister got sick, and his kids got sick. He said, I grew up around sickness all my life. And I poured out my heart to God. And then one day, he said, I got a bright idea, and I took one of my family members to Alexander, is it Dowie's, in, 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 in Illinois. 
Dowie was a preacher that during the bubonic plague got a hold of the scripture. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, went around doing good and healing all oppressed of the devil. That scripture, he went from house to house laying hands on church members. And after he took authority over the devil, he said, I never lost another member. Okay. So John G. Lake takes one of his family members, his brother, and then finally, finally, his sister. And then when he got home, he found out his wife was dying. As a matter of fact, she was already been dead for 30 minutes. He said, I got so mad. Because he had the idea that he had to get to Dowie. He can't get her to Dowie. And he says, call people. And he telegraphed Dowie and said, pray now. And he says, he took his Bible and threw it on the floor. And it opened up to Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power around doing good and healing all. He said, I realized that crooked leg devil was the one that killed my wife. And I walked in there and I prayed and I said, you get off her. And all of a sudden, her eyes started blinking. That revelation that day is the reason that John G. Lake started 500 churches in Africa. And everywhere he went, people got healed. Why do we not see more of it? Because the church has never gained this revelation and made it the priority it needs to be. God is not working on the earth apart from you. You can't keep bringing people to me and going, Pastor, pray for them. You can. I'll pray. I would really rather you get a revelation. How many of you right now have stuff? I'm preaching and you've got stuff. You're like, I'm tired of this. You're just wearing you out, just wearing you out. Are you ready to put an end to it right now? You want to put it into it? I'm going to tell you another story in a minute. I'm not, I'm not ready to get out of here. I have another story to tell you. When I took this church, I, I really was trying to be a good pastor. And I told you that every Sunday I'd come in just madder than a hornet. I wouldn't come in mad. I came in happy. I'm at Rodney Howard Brown's meeting one day, and, and, I, and I had been, every time I'd start preaching, I, I would just get mad. And I'm going, God, I would go home and get on my knees and go, God, I'll never be mad again. I promise you I'll never be mad. I'm the love of God is shed. And I try so hard to be nice. And I'd come to church and I'd start preaching and I'd just get mad. And I thought, God, I can't do this job. I'm at Rodney's meeting. And we're worshiping God. And I get mad. I go, I have a problem. I'm not even at my church. And I'm not even preaching. And I bowed and I said, God, what's wrong? And he opened up my church and showed me the people. And there were three demons in our church, and they looked like Elmer Fudd. They did, little ball-headed dudes. And I saw the three people. I can name their names today. And they were holding Elmer Fudd. 
And I said, what, what, what are you showing me? He said, when you're preaching and you get in the spirit, they're taunting you. And he was right. Every time I would get in the spirit, I would hear, that's not true. That's a lie. That's not so. I'm hearing it in the spirit. And I'd go, yes, it is. I'm not talking to people. I, didn't, I had no idea I was, I'm, I, I think it's the people. When the people, the little demon, the people brought a little fud in. It's a true story. I said, I'm at, I'm at Rodney's and I'm standing there in the glory. And he's, I said, what do you want me to do? He said, tell them to leave. I will tell you this, the devil left and those three people. Because their devil went somewhere else and they followed him to the next church. You know, people bring demons to church. And I found out if you ever see me mad, it's because I didn't deal with him before I came out. That's the honest to God truth. Because I get in the spirit and I pick it up. I, I walk by you and go, oh, mm, I'm going to bind you, Satan. Get off of the name of Jesus. Now, I said that to you because you experience the same. Some of you are in verbal battles with people right now, aren't you? Come on, cowards. Anybody in here had a verbal battle lately? I'm going to tell you what to do about it. I bind you, Satan, off that person from using them in Jesus' name. A lot of times the person is just ignorant. They don't know anybody. You don't fight people. Well, after that, I've, I bound the devil and came back, and I became the best preacher in the world. And I'm only, I'm only mad about 2% of the time right now. If I could get Lisa straightened out, I'd be, I'd be happy all day. No. How many of you understand what I just said? You're dealing with stuff in the natural. Justin preached a fantastic sermon the other night on, on, on praying from two realms. And he's right. You're going to fix it there before it'll manifest here. I want you to do something. I'm taking your time and you're, you're wanting to get to Panera. I want you, the ones of you that need to, I want you to just stand up with me right now. And, and, and don't be embarrassed. It probably is 90% of the building. And I mean, I, I want you to settle this with Satan, right? Right? This, this ends. The devil. Now, you're, people are going to be people. There's flesh, but I mean, you're going to deal with a mess. That's you have devils trying to wreck your life. And I want you to speak to them right now. I want you to do what Jesus told you to do. Say, I don't allow. Say, I don't allow any devil to rule over me. You don't rule my mind. You don't rule my body. Sickness. Go in Jesus' name. You don't rule my family. You don't rule my children. You don't rule my marriage in Jesus' name. Now, Father God, I allow the Spirit of God to minister to my family, to come upon my family, my husband, my wife, my children, my boss, in Jesus' name. And now my finances. I call in the money. 
I call in the finances. I call my business blessed. I command the money and the people that I need in my business to come to me. In Jesus' name, you said whatever I allow, and I allow the Spirit of God. Whatever I forbid, I forbid sickness. I forbid poverty. I forbid lack. I forbid strife and division in Jesus' name. And Father God, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Okay, go ahead and be seated. I'm going to share something with you. Before I close, let me make a statement. This is not a rabbit's foot. You're not trying something. Get your Bible out. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. A policeman cannot arrest you unless they're hired by the department. You can't walk, you can't live a life like you're crazy and tell the devil what to do. You're in bed with him. I'm not talking about condemnation. I'm talking about you go to God and go, I submit. Do you remember the, the, the centurion came to Jesus and he said, I also, he's talking to Jesus, am a man under authority. I tell that guy to go and I tell that guy to come and they do what I say. He said, I don't need you to come to my house. You just speak the word. My servant will be healed because you said so. And Jesus backed up and went, well, Shondi. Because he understood authority. When Brother Hagin, when the Lord taught Brother Hagin this, he said, I've never heard anything like this. He said, son, there's a lot in the Bible you don't know. This changed his ministry. When Andrew Womack found it out, he said, this, Andrew Womack used to be a Baptist with 50 people in a Baptist church in someplace in Colorado. And it, I mean, didn't, it didn't do squat. But the minute he found this, he built a Bible school, changed the world. Because he started walking in his dominion, Adam. You have a lot more authority than you have ever realized. Now, you're going to grow in this. You're not going to step up like Kenneth Hagin tomorrow. But I want you to begin. You say, well, it doesn't work. Satan will test you. He'll find out whether you really mean it. And you just, Omar Walker said to me, he said, you know that book you gave me on the authority of the believer? He said, I love that book. I said, I'm glad. He said, I also hate it. I said, why is that? He goes, all oh, hell broke loose in my house when I started reading that book. Satan will fight you more over anything else. But if you'll stay seated in your seat, you have a seat of authority. Don't get out of it. Whatever you allow. Now, there's things that you do need to ask God about, like who to marry. You can't say, I bind that woman over there to come to me in the name of you. <laughs> don't, it don't work. Even God can't get them to do that, you know. Is this good? This is fun, y'all. Listen, I appreciate you. It's, it's 12.27. We've been going for two and a half hours, or two hours, actually. I love y'all.
We are living in tough times. You have to stop being <laughs> cute Christian. And no more cute. Don't let, don't let fear rule you. Don't let poverty rule you. Don't let sickness. Well, they got a new, new disease coming. Well, tell it to shut up and get out of your house. Because you ain't hiding from it. You want to hide, you hide in a secret place. The devil can't stand singing Christians. You worship God, just worship God. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.